0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Friday Live broadcast, uh, podcast, Facebook Live. It's just me today, Tim is out working. But uh, we're going to jump in real quick today into Romans chapter 10. We're going to talk about what it looks like for people to hear the gospel and respond to it and how that relates to the people of Israel. going to be a great talk leading up into Romans chapter 11 and some interesting doctrine. Stay with us and uh, tune in. Don't go away. We'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, Man, we're glad you're here with us today. Again, I always hate, I hate doing this by myself. I love having Tim here. He'll be back with us hopefully next week when he's not stuck out on the road. Um, As always, before we jump into the scriptures, um, I want to invite you, if you're watching, to go ahead and give us a thumbs up, you know, like us. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Uh, Make comments. I see we've got a few people. Dios le bendiga, Sandra. Good to see you with us. Thanks for watching. From Mexico, ah, we're in multinational now. But uh, make a comment, wave to us uh, in the comments. It helps us with the algorithms and all those sorts of things. And uh, we sure do appreciate it. Um, wanted to jump right into Romans chapter 10. We jumped in last time. Uh, I wasn't here last week. Nobody was here last week. Uh, we were sick, down with, with the big virus, and uh, we made it through. And uh, Brenna actually had it, and uh, we thank you for all your prayers. Many of you out there watching today um, prayed for her, and we're helping us pray for her. And as I told her doctor, she stared it in the face and spit in its eye, and uh, so she's back to she's back to normal today, and uh, and all that stuff. So let's jump into Romans chapter ten. I really want to get into Romans eleven too. There's so much in Romans ten. We we left off the last time talking about. Um, Oh, we talked about lots of different things, but we left off with the end of 10, or the middle of 10, talking about, um, for one believes with the heart, verse 10, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. And then it says, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him, and for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Will be saved, and that's really where we start jumping into uh, the next part, and it kind of breaks apart there. And uh, we use Romans, you know, Romans ten thirteen as part of what we would people usually call the Romans Road um, to salvation, and 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 honestly, it's where it gets twisted a little bit in Romans ten thirteen because it says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, you know, David at church has been preaching on this some um, lately, and uh, you hear a lot of folks talking about it. But a lot of people took that passage and kind of changed it into, all you got to do is say this little prayer and you're fine. Um, the problem with that is, is, you know, in the first century, the people who would read this, I mean, just saying a little prayer and, you know, uh, and that's it, you know, a one-time thing and, and is, is, uh, was, was really kind of a foreign concept to them. I mean, the idea of putting your faith in or in calling on the name of the Lord to us, we just think, oh, I got to say it out loud, you know, and then I'm good. I got to say this prayer. And that's really not what they had in mind. I mean, to them, to call on the name of something um, is to put your faith in, to put your trust in. Actually, the whole, you know, the first 13 verses of Romans 10 are just talking about how your faith, your salvation comes by faith. And what that meant to them was to put everything, all of your trust in something. And it's not just an intellectual, verbal exercise. And and that's extremely important to remember. I think in our church culture right now, we've got this, this trend of, oh, well, you said the prayer when you were little, then you're good. But my experience as a pastor, um, guys, I've untied a lot of young adults, um, spiritually helping them deconstruct the, what they would call it, helping them navigate and work through their faith simply because, um, you know, they, they they know, well, I said this prayer and I've been to church and and just not seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in their life, not seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their life, not seeing the joy that comes uh, from following the Lord and not seeing the the things that you would expect and, and trying to figure out, you know, what in the world's going on. Well, I said the prayer, or got baptized. And in reality, what you sometimes find out is they just didn't really understand what it meant. To call on the name of the Lord, to put their faith in, to put their trust in, it was an intellectual assent and and a you know here repeat after me sort of a thing, and it it really wasn't a part of who they are, and and you're, we're going to see how some of that plays out because in Romans ten, um, he says now if you've got your your Bible there and you're in Romans ten, this is where one of the we call the pericopes where they break the section up to give us what they're talking about, and it, and this one is entitled Israel's rejection of the message. And so he's going to talk about how faith is how we receive the message. And then he's going to talk to us a little bit in Romans 10 about how Israel rejected it. And it's extremely important for when we get to Romans 11, for do you understand that this part of his conversation, this part of the teaching is about the response that Israel had to the message. Let's just read. He says, How then can they call on him whom and him they have not believed? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? If you've been around church very long, you've heard this verse a million times. Um, and, and it's an admonition for us to go and to preach the gospel and to share the gospel. And it's a good admonition. Um, people need to hear about Christ, need to hear about the hope that is in Jesus so that they can believe. He says in verse 15, And how can they preach unless they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Um, Frankly, this verse is also using some I think some weird applications, not that they're wrong, but that but they seem to be singly focused a lot of times. Oh, well, that's just talking about people who are called to vocational ministry. Um, and that certainly applies to that. But there's also a message for all of us that excuse me. It's part of our job, Matthew twenty eight, second Timothy two, two is some of our verses, to go and to share this this message of the gospel. Excuse me, my throat. <laughs> One of the things that that COVID does for you is it ruins your throat. When I start talking, I start coughing. So bear with me. Bruce Sand Springs, you said sorry. No, what are you talking about? Give me a comment there. I want to address what you said. No, I don't. I don't understand what you're meaning. Um, give me more, Bruce. Yes, exactly. We're all ministers uh, of disciples, and that's exactly right. That's exactly my point. Of is Matthew twenty-eight gave every single believer. Matt, the 2 2nd Timothy 2:2 2, 2 gives every single believer the responsibility to take what we've learned, to teach it to others and and even more so. I would just say that we have an extra responsibility to those in leadership, not just to do the job of that, but to create environments where everyone can do that job. I hope that clears that up for you a little bit there Bruce because every single believer is a minister. Every single Person who knows the gospel can go teach and preach the gospel that they know. They may not be a road scholar, they may not be a Bible scholar, but even like the maniac of Gadara, you know, they would go out and he was like, "Don't tell everybody." Um, the woman at the well—what did she do? She went into town and just told everybody what Jesus had done for her. She was preaching the gospel. And the question is being begged here in this passage: How are people going to hear unless they are told? And how are people going to tell unless they be sent? Well, Matthew 28 is going to send everyone. And and I think part of what we want to get out of Romans chapter 10 is is that it is extremely important for us to share the gospel. You said, yes, sir. I know you and me on the same page. You're right. We're building an army, and, and that's exactly right. And part of, I think, what I love about Romans is he's, he's, he's whittling down for us in, in in romans chapter 10 the mechanism of delivery it's like if you've got a in war and when you're developing weapons i mean you can have an explosive warhead that's great but if you can't deliver it on target then it's it's useless and so this is talking not so much about even it is talking about the mechanism of of salvation but he's talking about the delivery method that we get it to the hearts of men and women as we use the preaching of the word and and that we're um using you know the, the gospel message. Let's keep digging those. We got that nailed down, I think. But then he says in verse 16: this is where it gets, starts to get pretty interesting. He says, But not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord. Who has believed our message? And he's he's referencing an Old Testament passage where you know Isaiah is like, we're telling this story and nobody's nobody's getting it. Even Isaiah was saying, he says, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. There's this interesting, I'll call it a dichotomy, um, or just it's just a reality. And if you've been in church at any time, you know this is the truth that you you know you can you can give somebody the gospel. Preachers can preach it. You can walk through your life and share the gospel with people at Waterburger, at Pizza Hut, you know, across the Walmart parking lot. You're you're sharing the gospel. Sometimes people pick it up and sometimes they don't. Parable of the sower. Sometimes it's received and sometimes it's not. And we try to focus a lot of our attention on making sure we're, we're throwing it onto the right ground. But I read that parable and think, no, we just got to be focused on sowing it. And I think Romans 10 tells us that, that not everybody is going to, To believe, and not everybody is going to hear, and not everybody is going to do what we would consider you know, they're not going to get saved, they're not going to receive it. But the way that those that do believe and receive it will believe and receive it is because we told them about it. And yes, we need to live lives in front of them, and yes, we need to be kind to them and speak with our actions and speak with, but we also need to be ready always, the scriptures would say, to give an answer for the hope that lies in us. for example, um, you know, we just went through having COVID with Brenna having COVID. There were a couple of days in there that were, that were, were touchy. Uh, we were really concerned, um, but we were never without hope. And, and actually had a conversation today um, with somebody that, you know, COVID has been on the list of things that if Brenna contracts that, um, it could be the thing that, that takes her life. But the truth and the reality is, is, so could RSV, so could a normal cold, so could you know, any number of things, so could um, a, a car accident on the way to a doctor's appointment or therapy, fill in the blank. And so in the face of that constant threat, as it were, how do you find hope? Well, your hope is in the gospel. And, and those are the kind of things that when people say, how can you be so optimistic? How can you be so hopeful? How are you not scared to death? in this world we're living in with a a compromised child, well, that's because hope comes from the gospel and that faith that we get from the gospel. And when someone asks us that question, we need to be ready to give a response of the hope that's in us, and that is sharing the gospel. In that moment, you become a preacher of the gospel, and you become a part of the agent that brings somebody that message of hope in Christ through His death, burial, and resurrection, through His joy now, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And you begin to share that with them, and they find hope in it. And that's where belief comes from, is through the faith that I believe God gives them to take the word that we present. It doesn't have to have three points in an introduction. We live the gospel with our lives. We preach the gospel with how we treat people. We preach the gospel with our kindness, with our love, with our care and our concern and our compassion. And then when that's received, we have opportunity then to tell them about what the source of that compassion is, what the source of that love is, and that's the, the, the shed blood of Jesus through the hope of the resurrection, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden you're telling them the gospel and you're sharing with them this hope that they can believe them. Uh, Bruce, you're right. Our loves become parables. Of, that is a really good way to put it. Everything that we do is a walking billboard, and that's not trite. It really is. And so what I don't want you to do is to read Romans 10 and go, oh, that's only talking to vocational ministers. That's only talking to the guy at the front of the room. I think it is talking to him, but he's not only talking to them. And I just I want to make that real clear, and I guess we probably beat that horse to death. So in verse 18, he says, But I asked, did they not hear? Now, again, he's talking about Israel, talking so about the Jews. Yes, they did. And he says, Their voice has gone out for the whole earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses said, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that lacks understanding. And so the question that he's asking here is, is if faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word, by the message of Christ, why is it that the Jews aren't hearing? Um, Why is it that that some believe, hey, Victor, uh, good to see you why is it that some believed and some didn't is it that they didn't understand is it that they didn't hear properly and he's like no it's not that their voice has gone out through the whole earth their words to the end of the world this message has been going out and he says did they not understand but when he talks about i want to make you jealous of those who are not a nation i will make you angry by a nation that lacks understanding he's talking about jews versus gentiles and in a nutshell what he's saying there is is I'm going to make jealous the nation, the people of God, the people of Israel, and I'm going to do it through saving the Gentiles. We see this in Acts with Cornelius. um, It's one of my favorite stories. Cornelius is visited um, by Peter. The Holy Spirit falls. People begin to speak in tongues. There's prophesying. I mean, the Spirit falls in power. He has to go back to Jerusalem, has to talk with the boys about whether or not we can do what God just did and whether or not it's going to be allowed and how we navigate. And, And there's this tension between Jew and Gentile, and that's what he's talking about here. Some believe and some don't. And then he says in verse 20, and Isaiah says boldly, I was found by those who were not looking for me, and I revealed myself to those who were not asking for me. Let me me break that down to you in a little different way. Gentiles were not looking for God, and yet they found him. But you had, on the other hand, the Jews who were supposedly looking for God who didn't find him. He says in 21, but to Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and a defiant people. He's like in another place. He says, you have the very oracles of God and you mess that up. We also find out a little bit later in some other passages that there was actually a purpose in hiding. It was a mystery to the children of Israel because of their rejection. The gospel went to the Gentiles. And frankly, that was part of the plan. But the question that's going to be asked in chapter 11 is, is, does that mean then that because of their rejection that God's done with them, that he's completely written them off? Does that mean that because their eyes were darkened at one time that they will forever be darkened? And that's what we're going to deal with in chapter 11 is just because there was they were used in part of the plan. And I would I'm going to tell you, if you want to read ahead, go ahead. But the answer to that is no. No, they have not been completely rejected. No, they have not been eternally cut off. They are the chosen people of God, and they have a special place. We're going to talk about that. And lots of great theologians disagree uh, with me and with each other on exactly how that's going to work. I'm going to go to the text and tell you what I think, and we're going to look into the, the text and see what it says. But to the question, just because their hearts were hardened and God has rejected them because of their rejection of Him, is that eternal? Is that forever? Uh, he, he answers that in verse 11 the answer is no but the whole you say well what does this mean for me How, okay I, I get the whole gentile jew thing what is what does that mean for me for you and me gentile Christians sitting here in the united states of america for me he's saying look it's not about whether or not you're a jew it's not about whether or not you're a gentile that's not what's important what's important is that you have faith and believe in the message of who jesus christ is and no one can believe in that message unless they've Heard that message or look out in nature and see that message we see in hebrews that there were no excuse um hello miss allison and so what it comes down to is is my question to you my call to action to you is is what gospel are you preaching today because people around you and me need to hear the gospel the gospel of christ and it's not just the gospel of the goodness and compassion and love and we love you and it's not just that it's that and more we need to be telling people the hope of what we are, you know, it, it, which is because it's in Christ. Somebody out there is going to be like, yeah, but that's not me. I'm an introvert. Um, that's great. I'm not asking you to not be. Uh, there seems to be this thing even in Christian cultures where we think if if just because you're an introvert and you're quiet and you're not out there in the public speaking realm, that to be really right with God and follow Romans 10 and be a preacher or Romans or Matthew 28, I mean, that you've got to somehow not be how God wired you and become this out, you know, extrovert. I don't think that's true at all. I think that um, God can use you. because I promise you, you have a sphere of influence, even as an introvert. You have people. Um, maybe you can create a safe place for people to come and to not be that. Uh, I don't know exactly because I'm not an introvert, so it's it's harder for me. Um, but you can preach through your action. You preach the gospel for being by being ready. If someone does ask you where your hope comes from in your quiet life, in your quiet conversation, to give an answer of the hope that lies in you, which is in Christ, His resurrection, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, His coming again, the glory that's coming, you can know and give that to people even as an extrovert, or excuse me, as an introvert. The question I have for you is, are you living your life in such a way that the message and purpose of Jesus is being communicated through your life? because that's how people will hear the message of Christ and how they will believe. Do I believe that God gives the faith for them to do it? I certainly do, according to the to the scriptures and on that authority, but he's also chosen the mechanism of delivery is you and me to be preachers, to go, to be sent. Sometimes that's formal, sometimes that's uh it means at the front of the church. Sometimes it means you're an evangelist, maybe that you maybe you have a podcast. I don't know. But most of the time, and people that I know and I come across, that just means living your life as a reflection of the things that are important to Christ. And when people ask you about that hope that's in you, you give them a response. Guys, that's preaching. That's the mechanism. One-on-one, one-to-two, in your family, in the people that you're with every day. In Matthew 28, it says, as you go, is a good translation, make disciples. Every one of us, every believer, is a minister making disciples for the kingdom. I'm really glad you you joined us today. I'm going to stop there because if I get into Romans 11, I'll go all day. There's a lot that I want to get to in that. But I wanted to set up Romans 11 properly in that, that what he's going to talk about, he's going to answer the question, what's happened to the, to the Israelites? What's happened to the people of Israel? Are they forever rejected? The answer is no. We'll dig into that. But I want to encourage you today to get out there and live the gospel, to live your life as a preacher, as it were. Um, introvert, extrovert, maybe you're not a talker, but live your life to reflect, and as Bruce said, to be a parable of the gospel in everybody that you encounter. When they leave your presence, they need to know there's something different about that cat. And one of these days, maybe they'll ask you, and your job is to be ready and be prepared to give an answer of the hope that lies in you. I still want you to continue praying for us, but what does Bruce say before we go? The gift of the Holy Spirit will do crazy stuff when you surrender, are we surrendering to His authority and asking Him to totally fill us uh, to overflowing? Holy Spirit, make us a banner for Him. Jehovah Nisi, God is my banner. Absolutely, Bruce, that's a good word to end on. Um, if you think you're out there and you're like, well, I can't do this, um, there's no way that I could ever tell someone about the gospel, I want to encourage you to do two uh, several things. Number one, like Bruce said, you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. He's already filled you if you're a follower of Christ, but you need to be He's already living in you. You need to be filled with him. Ask him to help you. He will. I promise you. That is a promise he made, and he'll do it. He'll give you those words to say. But the second thing I would encourage you to do is because the Scriptures also tell us, add to your faith knowledge and perseverance and all those things. Um, If you don't know how to articulate how you have hope and why you have hope, then you need to find someone that can pour into you. You need to get in that word and find you a Paul that you can be a Timothy to, to help you understand what it is that you're in, involved in so that you can articulate it to someone, so that you can give an answer to that hope. So, Or if, you're, if you can do that, find someone that can't and be willing to be a, a one-on-one mentor to them and help them to navigate this and be able to give that hope. That's what learn, teach, repeat is all about. Learn all you can, teach it to others, and then we repeat that cycle until Jesus comes and restores this busted-up, broken world. You guys keep us in your prayers. Um, we are currently trying to schedule um, some training trips down into the Rio Grande Valley for our Mexican pastors down there. Um, we're in talks with uh, some folks in Brownsville and in Del Rio, and, uh, and we just really need your prayer. We're making this a, a season of prayer. We've got two things I want to invite you into. Um, uh, number one, we've got a the Crucibles Fire Facebook group community group that's a private group. If you'd like to be involved in that, just leave us a message in the comments, and I'll, I'll do an invite for you, um, and we can get you in that group where we share personal stories and prayer requests. Um, I've also got a text group that's text message. It's a prayer team that we've put together. If you'd like to be a part of that prayer team, just give us a comment in there and uh, in, the, in this broadcast somewhere, send us a, an email. I'll get you in there, uh, and we send prayer requests for the ministry's sake, I need you to be praying, number one, that we are able to finish up the, the scheduling for the trips down into the valley. To get, to, We've got some pastors down there already ready to be trained. we just got to get that scheduled and, and logistically done. We're also in developing our app. If you don't already have our, our prototype app, go out to your favorite app store, look for the Crucibles Fire, and you can find that out there. Download it. When the new app is ready, it'll just replace it and update it. So we want to go ahead and get everybody that we can um, on board. Also, I want you to pray about supporting the ministry. <clears throat> we are completely, uh, uh, I guess you would call it crowdfunded. Um, we we have individuals who give and in support into our ministry, us included. And uh, and so I would just ask that you prayerfully consider. We had one of the best uh, encouragements I've had in a long time. Was We've got some followers out there that... They give $5 a month and uh, very religiously. And uh, you don't even know how much that helps and warms our hearts, even at $5 a month to help us pour into the ministry. And uh, you know, if you ask, what is that money going to? It is every dollar right now is going into infrastructure in terms of the web and, and keeping the, the app going, developing the app and getting the training out. We don't take salaries or anything like that. So 100% of it goes into the ministry. And uh, so we covet your support. <clears throat> we ask that you would pray about that. And if the Lord would lead you to partner with us, either as a one-time gift or as a monthly gift, which is really what we need so we can help plan. Um, And if not, that's okay too. Please continue to watch, continue to to soak up the training, and uh, we'll be uh, putting some more things out here to come. We love you. We thank you. Hope you'll uh, be with us next week. Bruce, thank you for all of your comments and uh, and good stuff. Love you. I'll be your battle buddy today. Anytime too, buddy. I appreciate you. Love you guys. See you next week. Talk to you later.